Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. introduced two weeks ago. Um, so if you weren't here, this will be new to you. Um, it's called Highlands, Song of Ascent. And there's really just a lot of, a lot of good, good words in here that I hope that you will, will hear and that the Lord will speak to you through it. Um, I want to read to you first, actually, from, from Psalms. Psalms 
chapter 23. If you know this, feel free to say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is a really good promise, especially because as we do this to chapter 16 in John, Jesus tells us that in this world, we will have many troubles, but take heart because he has overcome the world. So when I look at these promises of God as our shepherd and of Jesus telling us he has overcome the world, this is good hope, friends. This is good hope because as we sing through this song, some of you may find yourselves on the mountain that we're singing about. And some of you may find yourselves on the valley. And some of you may be trekking up or downhill. We're all on this journey together. I can't help but think of one of my favorite movie series. And I'm going to just sound like such a dork saying this, but the Lord of the Rings has so many parallels here. And I'm, I'm thinking about how the, the fellowship is, in, is on one journey together, unified, kind of like us, church. And then at some point along the way, they kind of disband and, and they're in different groups and pockets and they're doing different things. They all have kind of different roles to play, but they all look forward ahead at this hope and this mission that evil ultimately will be destroyed. And I just I find that really powerful here and now as we're all on journeys, unified as one body. Church, let's not forget that we're unified. We're together seeking after God's goodness and his righteousness and his ultimate hope, right? Yes. So let's sing this together.
sung in unity, and now let's pray together in unity. Grant, O merciful God, that your church be gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. We, uh, in the youth group, we are wrapping up our series called Rad. And uh, basically, here's what we're doing. We're looking through the book of James, and we are discovering that James calls us to some pretty radical things as followers of Christ. And tonight, we get to wrap up this series, and we're wrapping up with this idea. Radical people fight for peace. And this is one of those moments where I'm preparing for our lesson and it hits me like, this is timely. And with timeliness comes difficulty in knowing what to do with that. Um, because the truth is, as I've been preparing for this and I'm preparing to teach uh, this idea of fighting for peace and peacemaking, it seems as though things around us in the world are just going crazy. And the situation in Afghanistan uh, has weighed heavily on all of us. And this idea of what does it look like to fight for peace? And to be honest, at the majority of the times I'm sitting there throwing my hands up and saying, I have no idea. I don't know. In times of these grievings and, and uncertainty, what I love about the book of Psalms is that Psalms teaches us to offer lament and to simply cry out to God in prayer. Listen to Psalm 131 and 2. I cry out to you from the depths, Lord, my Lord. Listen to my voice. And so for this next-gen moment that we, that we have today, I want to do just that as a congregation. And so I'm just going to ask you if you would join me in praying, kind of just a responsive prayer for the entire situation of Afghanistan. And so it's going to be up on the, on the screen, and you're simply going to respond with, Lord, hear our prayer after each section. So would you join me uh, in prayer this morning? We pray for those who remain in Afghanistan and fear what the future holds. We pray for peace and safety for all people. We pray that the international community will welcome more refugees and asylum seekers fleeing danger persecution, and violence. We pray for the women and girls of Afghanistan. We pray for their safety and comfort, and we pray for their futures. We pray for those who are hungry and those living in makeshift camps. We pray they will have access to food to sustain them, adequate shelter, and sufficient health care. We pray for the many who have served in strengthening the Afghan community, many of whom have been waiting for years for promised resettlement options. We pray for their safety and also for their family's safety, as families are in danger of being targeted. We pray for the veterans who have sacrificed so much in this country over the past 20 years. We pray that in their times of despair, they will feel 
Feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit in the presence of loving friends. We pray for Christians in the country who may face rising persecution. We pray for their safety and community as followers of Christ. We pray for those who are causing pain and suffering, that they would know the transformative love of God. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. A lot of power in that. I hope you, you sense God's presence, even as we say that prayer together. And as I'm hearing your voices in the congregation rise together, there's power in community and communal prayer. As we pray together, we sing together, we hear God's word together. I'm reminded of the end of Hebrews 11, where the writer says, such, since we are surrounded since, with such a great cloud of witnesses. <laughs> and as I think about this place, I, truly he's talking about those who've went before, forward in faith, but, but I think he's also talking about those who surround us now, that as we gather in a church building and we worship together, we are surrounded by brothers and sisters. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, of people that show us as much as they tell us what it means to follow Jesus. I'm thankful for Livestream. I'm glad if you've joined us on Livestream, I'm glad that, that you can join us in that way. And, and, but, but I really believe in the body gathering. And so it's important as we gather. We, we get to see each other. We get to touch each other and, and, and learn from each other and know what's going on in each other's lives. And, and, and the isolation that we sometimes feel in our home, that just doesn't happen. Uh, there's something about being present. <laughs> there's something about being with other people. In my life, I've, I've been with many strong believers that, that have shown me more than they've told me what it means to follow Jesus. And, you know, there's many I can think of. I think of, of Jim at, at Tri-County Church of the Nazarene. Jim was a, uh, an East Coast believer. He sounded a lot like uh, Bob when he talked. And, and uh, he was a, his wife was not a believer. And, uh, and so she made it very difficult for him to come to church. And, and so he, he had a lot of hard times. Then his wife had cancer, and, and she ended up dying from cancer. She came to faith later in life. But there was all that sorrow in Jim's life. And yet Jim was joyful. He was a prayer warrior. He was thankful in the midst of all that was going on. He was a God follower. He was listening. He was following. He was authentic. He showed me more than he told me what it meant to follow God. Not because life was easy, because his faith was real. That there's many in my life, and I've been blessed with many in my life that have shown me the example of Christ-likeness, have shown me what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit. Here and in other places, I have been blessed. I have seen God in the flesh because I've seen men and women full of the Holy Spirit, God wrapped in their flesh. And so I've seen people who have shown me what it means to follow Jesus. Not that they're always perfect, not that they never made mistakes, but, but I've seen God working through them, and it's affected my life. As I talk about that, you in this room have people that come to mind, people of great faith that, that have shown you what it means to follow Jesus. And most of them 
checked those same boxes that I talked about. They were joyful, they were prayers, they were thankful, they were authentic, they listened for the voice of God. Most of those people that have had the greatest influence in your life have done all of those things. We're in 1 Thessalonians, and we're in our final two weeks of 1 Thessalonians, and we're, we're talking about this day of the Lord, and, you know, we, they had this, this feeling that they were living near the end. And throughout history, the church has had this feeling that they're living near the end, that it's close that they're waiting, anticipating the day of the Lord. And, and of course, Jesus has not returned in the last 2,000 years. And so this feeling it, that he was going to return in their lifetime has not been right. But the feeling has been authentic. I believe that we're intended to live with this feeling. Now, not that Jesus is not going to return in my life. He may. He may return today. We don't know. But, but I believe as believers... We're intended to live with this belief that Jesus is near, that his return is near. And so the question is, how do we live with this feeling of nearness, this feeling that the day of the Lord is close? How do we live? How do, how do we finish strong? And so we've been dealing with this in chapter 5. And, and the point is not knowing but trusting. You know, we're, we're not going to have all the details of it. There's a lot of people that think they have all the details. And a lot of times they've been wrong in the past. And so we've got to be careful there. We, we, we won't know every detail, but we can trust God even without knowing all the details. Last week we talked about how we treat one another reveals our theology. And so we, we, we tell people a lot about what we believe about God by how we treat them. And so Paul says, encourage and, and love one another. And so the first action is to be present with others. And this week, he's going to give us some simple, but not always easy, practices. It's these characteristics that I opened my sermon with, these things that mark those people that influence you the most and have influenced me the most in my life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Pretty straightforward, right? Paul, Paul's being pretty clear here of, of how to live. If you believe the day of the Lord is near, how to live. And he says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Rejoice always. In good times, in so-so times, in hard times, Paul invites us to have joy to be rejoicing. Now, now, for this to happen, there has to be a shift in most of our perspectives. It's, there's a requirement that we see things differently, that, that we don't ignore sorrow and pain, that we don't pretend that all this pain's not going on in Afghanistan and in other places, that these personal pains that you're experiencing aren't, aren't real. It's not that we pretend that everything's all right and there's no issues in this world. 
It's not a false sense of hope. There's circumstances that we all go through that's very difficult and hard and painful. But Paul's invitation is to rejoice despite the pain. That we rejoice not in our circumstance, but in the God who is present in the midst of those circumstances that is still working no matter what we see on the surface. I think of Paul and Silas in prison. It's in Acts, Paul and Silas are are presenting the gospel and and they end up in jail and they're, they're, they're bound together and it tells us that Paul and Silas begin to sing praises to God. They begin to rejoice to God. You say, they're in prison. You know, what, what are you doing rejoicing to God there? But they begin just to lift their voices because they were not bound by their circumstances. Their perspective was on the God that was true and good and at work and even this. Pray without ceasing. You know, we have to redefine prayer a little bit. We have to, we have to see prayer in a different way. Prayer is not about posture. It's not about being kneeling or having my eyes closed. You know, when you're driving, I hope you spend some time praying, but I hope you pray with your eyes open, right? It's not about being, saying certain words. It's, it's, it's not about those kind of things, but, but prayer at its essence is communication with God. It's talking to God. It's listening to God. It's placing my trust in God in my circumstance. It's seeking God's way over my way. It's in, in the details of life as you're walking through, you're saying, God, what's your will in this circumstance? Can you speak? Are you speaking through this person? Are you speaking through this circumstance? It's an raising an awareness of the God who is with us. Prayer is letting go of my wants, letting go of my desires. It's pausing my activity at times, and giving God space to move, to speak. To, to not always instantly responding when people give you opportunity to respond, but maybe allowing opportunity to allow God to speak before you respond. Paul writes, in everything, give thanks. <laughs> Once again, this is not ignoring pain or real need. Uh, once again, it requires a shift in perspective. You know, sometimes our needs are merely wants. Can we acknowledge that? Particularly in our culture, there's lots of times in our life the things that we think we need are merely wants. But the truth is, there's things that we have in our life that are real needs. There's things, you know, I don't want to belittle what you're going through in your life. When you're going through a medical situation and you're trying to figure out what's going on, that's not a want, that's a need. Our relationship harms, these aren't wants, these are needs. You know, we need to be able to earn money to pay for food and housing, right? right? All these things are real needs. So we have real needs, and sometimes those needs aren't met instantly but we trust God because we thank him for what he has given us if God's blessed you in any way say amen this morning we trust him for what he has given us and we live with this awareness that God is alive that God loves us still and God is still moving even though there's real needs 
God is still moving. In Philippians 4.19, Paul says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Can you read that with me? And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. In our waiting, thankful people hold on to this promise. Not, not, not that God is always instant gratification. Not that God always moves in my timing. That's the thing about God. He moves in his own timing, right? But God is still moving and we rely on, we cling to this promise and we're thankful for this because God is faithful. He will finish what he starts. He will keep us to the end. Yeah, I thought as I read through this passage, what's the opposite look like? Do you complain when things don't go your way? We have a church softball team, and uh, not, not they're complaining, but I'll just give you, they play on Monday nights, right? What time's our game Monday night? Anybody know? All right, thank you for that help. Um, <laughs> they play a Monday night in Dublin. If you're interested in it, see Ryan in the back. He can give you details, and, and, uh, and then we'll be playing in a softball tournament in Cincinnati over Labor Day weekend. They'd love to have you come out and just watch him play and heckle him a little bit like I do. Um, but I was at a church softball game many years ago. Wasn't our team, it was another team. And there was somebody out in the outfield. And if you've ever been to many church softball games, some of those guys can get a little bit testy, right? And he is out there complaining about something. And, and, you know, this was a church league. And he was complaining, complaining, complaining. And, and finally somebody sitting in the bleachers said, well, he would complain about not having anything to complain about, right? Anybody know anybody like that? Don't point fingers. Yeah, yeah I got it. I see that hand. <laughs> They complained, and, and, and do we complain when things don't go our way? Do you work all the time? Is, all, is it all about your efforts, what you can do, never seeking God's will? It's all about what I want, never listening, always worrying, never trusting, always wanting more. You know, all this seems to flow together, doesn't it? This incessant, incessant desire for something more. You know, if, if you live for more, that need is never met, right? That it just gets deeper and deeper and pulls you in. And if we live with this desire that we always have to have more, it just rolls on and on. Always dissatisfied. Always unhappy, always unsure. Let me ask you, which statement describes you most? Always rejoicing, praying, and thankful, or always complaining, working, and wishing you had more? See, God wants more for you. God's desire for you is not always complaining, working, and wishing you had more, but God's will for you, God's will for you in Christ Jesus is always rejoicing, praying, and thankful. That's what God wants for you. Finally, he says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. You, you realize God is still speaking, right? 
God is still speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening to the voice of God? And, and, and there's a lot of... We live in a day of many, many voices. Like no other time in history. As we've walked through COVID-19, we're walking through COVID-19, I'll just tell you, I, I've been trying to observe and figure out why this feels so different. And I believe this is the first major event, global event, that has happened since everyone has had so much access to Internet. There's more knowledge than ever. And if 9-11 would have happened with this kind of influence from the Internet, we'd be going through the same thing. We live in a time when there's so much information out there and so little meaning that people are deceived. And so are you listening to God? And, and what you're hearing, are you examining what is being said in the light of the word and community? See, 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 I believe that the word helps guide our life. And the word is best read, best understood, not in your private moments. That happens but the word is best understood. The Bible is best understood in community. It is a communal book. It is written to a people. And so we read it together. It's the importance of this gathering. It's the importance of small groups. It's the importance of Sunday school classes. It's the importance of collectives. It's the importance of friends that you can sit down together with and read God's word and talk about. Are you listening to God's verse, voice, and are you listening and examining it in the light of the word and community? Paul says, hold fast to the good. Find the, find the good. Re reject what is evil. You know, there's two sides of the coin in following God. There, there's the things that I abstain from, the things I don't do because I follow God. I, you know, I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't kill. These are the things, you know, the things you don't do. But then there's also those things that you do. Those, those actions that you take. And oftentimes in the church, we've emphasized those things we don't do, but not so much those things that we do. In my opinion, and this is, you know, maybe you have a different opinion. That's fine. Opinions are like noses. We all have them, right? In my opinion, holiness is as much about the things that I do as the things that I don't do. So let me ask you, is your spirituality defined by your do's or your don'ts? Is your Christianity, is your walk with Jesus more defined by those things that you forego, or is it more defined about those things that you do? Well, let me ask you another. What did you do last week that showed our holy God? What, what action did you take that somebody could say, boy, that, that's something beautiful, and that seems otherworldly, and that seems holy, and it seems different? 
Hold on to what is good. Generosity is good. Forgiveness is good. Extending kindness is good. As I started this sermon, I, I was thinking about those who have influenced me most. And, you know, all my biggest influencers have been joyful, prayer warriors, uh, thankful, God followers, authentic. They, they showed me more than they told me what it meant to follow God. And that's what I want for myself. Not, not that I feel like I, I've arrived. You know, I, 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 feel like the, I feel like God's got a lot of work to do in my life. I don't know about you, but I feel like God's still working on me. I'm thankful that he's still working on me. But I still, you know, every once in a while he has to kick me in my hind end and say, you know, you need to do better. Anybody else with me there? Or, or is God just pat you on the back? He pats me a little lower <laughs> from time to time. That's what I want for myself. I, I want, when I come to the end of my life, there to be people that say, you know, he was joyful. He prayed. He was thankful. He was real. He was authentic. You could tell he listened to God and he followed what God wants for you. In the middle of this passage, Paul writes, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you is to be joyful, praying, thankful people, authentic, seeking his voice, not your will, but his will. That's God's will for you. It's the phrase we've used often. It's not what God wants from you. It's what God wants for you. Let me ask you, do you have joy? Do you pray? Do you listen? Are you thankful? Do you follow? Do you show? Where, where do you need a change in perspective? What, what do you need to see differently? Are you stopping and trusting? Or is it all about what you can do? Can you acknowledge God's move in your life? Can you see God's move? Is there space in your life where God can speak and you can hear? Are you surrounding you with yourself with people that can help you with, with your attitude, the way you see life, what, and how you perceive all the things that are being said and done? Are you still listening? Are you still following? How will next week look? Here's the wonder of our God. His blessings are new each day. <laughs> that had been a good time to say amen. His blessings are new each day. It's not that we don't have re repercussions from past acts. I mean, you know, we, we live with the reality of things that we've done in the past. That God op offers new hope for each new day and each new week. Maybe as you look back at last week, you, you thought, man, I really wasn't very joyful. I really didn't spend enough time in prayer. I really wasn't thankful enough last week. But there's the hope of a new day, a new week, a new school year. It can be different. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for church family. We're thankful for this cloud of witnesses. Those we um, experience life with that have demonstrated these characteristics that Paul's talking about. 
I'm thankful, Lord, that you've given me the privilege, the honor, the benefit of doing life with people who are joyful, praying and thankful that seek your will, that listen to your voice. I'm thankful, Lord, that that you give us the opportunity when we've missed the mark, when we've fallen short, you, you reach down and you pick us up and you say, today's another day. This week's another week. So Lord, shift our perspectives. Help us to see things differently. Help us to see you differently. The Hebrew writer says faith begins with the very simple ideal that God is alive. That, that God wants good for his people. That, that you don't exist to smack us down, but to lift us up. Lord, life is hard. Sometimes circumstances are difficult. But you are faithful. You are true and good. Lord, help me. When life doesn't go the way that I've planned, that I desire, when things seem to be going off the rails, help me to keep my mind set on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. But Lord, I'm not alone in this room. Help us all. Help us all to keep our eyes firmly fixed on your son, on Jesus, our brother. Lord, may we live this in this awareness that you're true and good, that you're faithful, that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory, that, that, that Lord, e even when it seems like life's thrown us a curveball, you're not confused or unaware. You're not at a loss for what comes next, but you're still present and moving. Now, thank you for this church. Thank you for the people of this church. Lord, I pray your spirit will fall upon us in a fresh and new way, that as we leave this place, we'll leave change, not because of the words of a pastor, but because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that you will continue that work within us to transform us and change us and move us into the people you desire us to be. And Lord, this is all for our good, for your glory, for the glory of the kingdom, and for the benefit of our community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless.